Hello, happy Friday. Today is Good Friday. This is the day that we celebrate our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's crucifixion on the cross for us over 2,000 years ago. I'm Pastor Mark Sapol with Impact Church San Diego, thanking you for joining our live stream today. I want you to grab your Bibles uh, or your iPads, whatever you're not li live streaming on, and we're going to get into the Word of God. But before we do, I want you to look at your screen for these announcements. Text to give. It's as easy as sending a text. If you feel the need in your heart today to give an offering into this ministry so that we can help grow and expand God's kingdom, here's one way you can do that. Text your dollar amount to 84321. And if it's your first time using this, it'll send you a link to set up your card information. Anytime you decide to text after that, it'll go directly through. If you would like to hear more from Pastor Mark, our podcast is updated weekly with his new preachings on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many other platforms. Search up Impact Church San Diego and subscribe to our channel to be up to date. And lastly, don't forget to follow us on social media. Our Instagram and Facebook page are constantly being updated with important information, new sermon series, and motivational words to get you through your day. And welcome back. I'm Pastor Mark Sepulveda with Impact Church San Diego, welcoming you to our live stream. It is Good Friday. This is the day that we celebrate our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's crucifixion on the cross for our salvation, for our future, for our benefit. It should have been us up there. It should have been us nailed to that cross, but he took it upon himself to do so. Once again, welcome from my living room to your living room. I'm glad you're here joining us with us. Grab your Bibles, your iPads, or your laptops, or whatever you're not live streaming on, and I want you to turn to the Word of God. We are going to Isaiah chapter 53. We're going to be reading uh, verses 3 through 5, and you can see it on your screen as well. It looks like this. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were as it were our faces from him. He was despised, <clears throat> excuse me, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, of, <clears throat> the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes, we are healed. Right where you're at, bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer to invite him into this sermon. Heavenly Father, we come before your presence to thank you, God, to honor you, Lord Jesus, for what you have done, what you had done on that cross over 2,000 years ago. It could have been us. It should have been us, Lord God, but you took it upon yourself because of your love, because of your grace and your mercy towards us, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We invite you into the sermon, Lord, into these words, God. We ask you that you use these words that have flowed through me into the ears of those that are hearing this live stream or this podcast right now. We thank you, God. We honor you and we love you. In your wonderful name we pray and all those out there say, amen, amen. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement for our peace was upon him. 
and by his stripes we are healed. This is the depiction of the prophecy in Isaiah, the same prophet that prophesies the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And 40-something odd chapters later, we see that he is prophesying his death, his demise. But it's not for the worst, but it is for the good, and it is for the good of those who believe on him. You see, the cross was depicted in the Old Testament years before Jesus Christ was crucified to that cross. It was in the Old Testament in the desert. See, when Jesus pulled out the Israelites out of Egypt, he told them to encamp in a certain way that depicted the cross with the tribes and the people and the encampment, those to the east, those to the west, those to the north, and those to the south, with the tabernacle smack dab in the middle depicted a cross in the desert, overshadowing years before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was even born, praise God. Knowing this, being the Son of God, being the, being the one that was prophesied, being God manifested in the flesh, being the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us, knowing what was prophesied, knowing what was to come, knew what his demise was. He knew what was going to happen, yet he continued on with his ministry. He knew how it was going to happen, yet his love continued to go with his Father's will. As he prayed in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Lord, uh, Father, if it, is, if it is your will, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. If it is possible, I don't want to do this. I know what's going to happen. If it, is, if it is possible, Lord, can you please let this not happen to me? But Lord, if it is your will, Father, if, if it is your will, let thy will be done. He could have ran away. He could have, he could have hid. He could have ran. He could have did other things. But yet it was his love that led him to the cross. Today is Good Friday. It is Friday. And as a poem that I picked up upon, it, it, it's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter is asleep. Judas is betraying. But Sunday is coming. It's Friday. Pilate is struggling. The council is conspiring. And the crowd is vilifying. But yet they don't even know that Sunday is coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running around like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter's denying. But they don't know that Sunday is coming. It's Friday. The Romans are beating my Jesus. They clothe him in scarlet and place a crown of thorn on his head. But they don't know that Sunday is coming. Do you think if they would have realized what was going to happen when Jesus said on the third day, if you tear down this temple, I will rise it up on the third day. Do you think if they would have realized that Jesus was that temple and that it was going to be knocked down and placed in a tomb, do you think if they would have realized that they would have been running scared? Do you think that Peter would have denied? Do you think that Mary would have cried? Do you think that the, that the crowds uh, that were vilifying him, the ones that had shot Shouted Hosanna, Hosanna, do you think they would have cried out, crucify him days later? Jesus knew what was going to happen. Jesus knew 
what was prophesied about him, but yet it was his love that drew him to the cross. It's that love, oh yes, that love that led him to the cross. It was the love for you, it was the love for me, it was love for humanity. When he said, this is my body broken, take this. This is my, this is my blood as he took the wine and said, this is the blood for the, of the new covenant poured out for many. If they would have realized, if they would have known what he was doing, what he was portraying, what, what he was trying to say to them, they would have held strong. They would have not had scattered. Peter would not have denied Jesus three times. It was Peter, the one that stood up and, and tried to save Jesus from being arrested in the garden when, when the Romans took him. He, Peter took one of the swords and chopped off one of the ears, but yet, even though Jesus was being arrested, Jesus picked up that ear and placed it back on that Roman soldier's ear. He still had love. He still had compassion. It was Peter that said, when Jesus had told his disciples, this is what's going to happen to me, but yet it was Peter, the one that said, no, Lord, I will not let this happen to you. On my, upon my dead body, they're going to take you. No, Jesus said, Peter, before the rooster crows, you are going to deny me three times. How could a friend deny a friend? But he said, not just once, not twice, but three times. But yet, when, Peter, when Jesus was arrested and he was before the Sanhedrin and he was taken up to be tried, it was Peter that wanted to see what was going on. He couldn't leave his friend Jesus there, but he, was, but he was too afraid to run away because he knew what Jesus meant to him. But yet, he was afraid of being arrested and caught himself. So he tried to warm himself by the fire. And one of the people said there, hey, aren't you the one, aren't you one of those that, you, that hung around with the man that's being tried and says, no, I, I, I don't know the man. I don't know what you're talking about. And as he was there a little longer, they said again, yes, you were with him. You were with him with the teacher, the one that is being tried right now. He says, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know the man. The third time, Somebody said, you are one of them. You are with him because your speech betrays you. And because they said his speech betrayed him because he talked like a righteous person. Peter talked like Jesus because he was with him in ministry for three years. He was with him day and night being taught by the master. So his speech became like Jesus. And they said, wait a minute, your speech betrays you. You talk like one of them. You are, you were with him. And Peter denied him for the third time, them for the third time, and said, listen, and he, the Bible said that he cursed his sailor, his fisherman, inner person came out, and he cursed at them, said, I do not know the man, I don't know who you're talking about, I don't even know him, and then the rooster crowed, and Peter's heart sank as his eyes met Jesus's eyes, no, you see, I told you, Peter, you were going to deny me, I love you, I'm here for you, but I told you, you, you were going to deny me. And many of us, we deny Jesus Christ at times, not in the way that, G, that Peter did, but we deny him in certain ways, in certain shapes and forms that, that might seem minuscule and might seem meaningless, but yet we deny our Lord and Savior. We deny us being Christians. We deny the, the things that we say. 
the people we hang around with, the things that we do, the places we go, the conversations we involve ourselves in, the coarse gesturing, the, the, the jokes and the things, and sometimes we get caught up in things and, and we deny who we are. We deny our Christ with inside of us. We deny us being Christians and we say things that we shouldn't, just like Peter. The Bible says that he cursed at them saying, I don't know the man before the rooster crowed when he denied him three times. As he was in front of Pilate, Jesus was there, and he, he did not open his mouth, and he answered a few questions, but Pilate saw nothing wrong with this man. He said, I see nothing wrong with this Jesus. I see nothing wrong with him. Why do you want him? And they said, he claims to be the son of God. He claims that he said he can destroy the temple. If we destroy the temple, he could raise it up in three days. This is blasphemy. He should be put to death. And Pilate didn't want anything to do with it because he saw a righteous man in Jesus Christ. So he said, on this day, we usually release a prisoner unto you guys. So they brought out a prisoner and they brought a man named Barabbas. And they said, look, Barabbas, he is a thief. He's a criminal. He's a crook. He's a, he's a rapist. He's a, you know, he is everything under the book. I have him. Do you want me to release Barabbas to you? Or do you want me to release this righteous person in Jesus Christ? They all yelled out, Barabbas, give us Barabbas. Barabbas, praise God, because they did not want Jesus because they were coaxed into believing that Jesus was a blasphemer. They were told to believe that he wasn't a good person, that he was blaspheming, that they didn't believe it. And those that received him on the way into Jerusalem, waving palm branches and placing them on the ground as he came in saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Were the same people a few days later saying, crucify him, crucify him. Give us Barabbas. He is not the person we expected. He is not the person that we thought he would be. Give us Barabbas. So they released Barabbas. Now Barabbas in, in translated means bar Abbas, meaning son of Abba, the father. So Barabbas is translated son of the father. So we see Jesus Christ switching places with a thief. We see Jesus Christ taking the place of a crook, a thief, a murderer, a, a, a rotten person. He took that person's place. And that person happened to be Barabbas, which means the son of the father. We see the son of our heavenly father taking the place of us. He took our place. Many of us may not be murderers, crooks, or thieves, but we are sinners nonetheless. And this, the Bible says, this is we know what love is, is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not only that he died, he took our place. He took Barabbas's place. He took our place. We are all, in a sense, Barabbases, in a sense that it should have been us crucified on the cross. It should have been us nailed up there. It should have been us whipped, beaten, and bruised. But yet, this righteous man, knowing that what was going to happen to him, took our place. And so Pilate 
said, you crucify him. I wash my hands of this. I don't want any part of this. I wash my hands of this. I don't want anything to do with this righteous man. It is on your hands. So they took him. They placed the cross on him, and they took him up to Golgotha. As he took that cross up there, the cross was too heavy to bear that he fell seven times. He fell seven times, and they kept on whipping him. Come on, get up. Take up your cross and go. How many of us are willing to take up our cross and follow Jesus? How many of us are willing to follow Jesus on that path? Knowing that he is going to be crucified. They took somebody off the side and said, hey, you take somebody named Simon. Says, you help him up there. So they, this person helped Jesus carry his cross. What a blessing that is, praise God. As he, they took him up to the Golgotha and they nailed, they stripped him of his clothes and they nailed his hands and feet to the cross. And as they lifted him up, he was crucified with the transgressors, the Bible says. He was numbered with the transgressors. There was two other thieves there that were crucified with him. And Jesus was right there in the middle and one thief on one side and one criminal on the other side. The Bible says that he could have called 10,000 angels. He could have called legions of angels to, to save him from what was going to happen to him. And you know, the thing about this night, I remember my, my brother-in-law, Sam, Sam Villa, he's a singer, beautiful voice. He sings this song called, He Could Have Called 10,000 Angels. And as he sings, it is so passionate, it is so strong, it is so meaningful what he could have done. But it was the love. It was love for you. It was the love for me. It was the love for those, the sinners. This is what we know what true love is, that while we were yet still in sin, Jesus Christ died for us. It wasn't the nails that held him to the cross. It was the love for you and me that held him there. And as he was hanging there on that cross, we have these two criminals there, and one of them has the audacity to say here in Luke chapter 23, verse, verse, verse 39, it says, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. He is sharing the same demise as Jesus, but yet he is cursing him out and he is hurling insults at him. What are you going to do while you're at the cross? Oh, I'm going to curse out Jesus. And this is what this one guy does. He hurls insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Aren't you the Christ? Aren't you the son of God? Aren't you who you say you are? He said, save yourself and us. If you say who you are, get down off that cross and save us. But the other criminal that was there, there was two of them. He rebuked him. He rebuked the other criminal there. He said, since, since you are under the same sentence, he says, do you not fear God? He said, since you are under the same sentence, don't you fear God? You are in the same demise as this man right here. Don't you fear God that you are the, under the same sentence? We are punished justly. We are being crucified for what we have done, he said. For we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man right here, 
This man has done nothing wrong, just like Pilate had said earlier and washed his hands of this whole thing. He says, I, I, do want, I don't want this blood's uh, this blood's uh, this man's blood on my hands. I wash myself of this thing. It is on you. He said, "This man has done nothing wrong." Verse forty-two of Luke twenty-three. Then he said, "Jesus, remember." He said, "Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom." See, this man, this. This thief, I don't know what his, why he was being crucified, but he had to have been a criminal because he was being crucified. He said, he rebuked the other criminal, saying, don't you fear God since you are under the same sentence as we are? And then he says, Jesus, and he's speaking to Jesus now. He said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I may not have done good things, I may not have done everything right. I've done wrong things because here I am being on the cross the same as you. I deserve this, but you do not deserve this. So he says, Jesus, remember me when you go into your kingdom. And Jesus finally opened his mouth. Jesus had spoke from the cross. He says, I tell you the truth. Today, you will be in paradise. Jesus died for that man on the cross. Jesus died for this guy on the cross too, but he was stubborn. He continued to hurl insults and, and, and mock Jesus. If we do not receive Jesus into our lives, if we don't receive Jesus into our hearts, we could be just like this guy on the cross over here, but we could receive Jesus like this guy on the cross on this side. Nonetheless, they're both sinners, they're both criminals, they're both being crucified, but yet one of them had the audacity to speak up and say, Jesus, you are a good man. Remember me when you go into your kingdom, believing on him. All those who believe on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This criminal believed on him. This would hurl insults at him. And we see that in this day and age when we see people hurling insults at, at, uh, at Christians, at Christianity, at things that are good. The Bible says that that they'll be calling uh, uh, good evil and evil good. Even Nike's coming out with some kind of satanic shoes that a little, little, whatever, Nass or whatever his name is, wants to develop a shoe with Nike with human blood with inside the shoe. See, this world has gotten to the point where they're just advertising evil. They're advertising, you know, satanic things with no remorse. Sin vergüenza, as they say in Spanish. It was his love that held him to the cross. It wasn't me. It should have been me. Sorry. It should have been us. It should have been us crucified on that cross. It should have been us who, who, who should have been nailed to the cross. It should have been us who should have been mocked, ridiculed, and whipped and beaten. But Jesus' love for us, while we were still living in sin, it was the love of Jesus that led him to the cross. It wasn't the arrest of Jesus. 
It wasn't necessarily Judas who betrayed him. He was a tool. Judas was a tool used. There needed to be somebody to lead them to the arrest of Jesus. There needed to be an arrest in order for Jesus to be in, on trial in front of the Sanhedrin. There need to be a, a crowd, a multitude to say, crucify him and put him on the cross. It wasn't all necessary because Jesus was destined to be there. Everything was in place in order for it to happen. And Jesus knew this. Being the Son of God, he continued to walk forward. Have you ever been on a mountain bike trail, a hiking trail, or any kind of you know places where you're going and you say, danger, do not enter? You know, some of those who live on the edge and who like, you know, sketchy mountain bike rides or whatever, you know, say, oh, that's got to be a good place. You know, that's got to be some sketch. And they go on it. They, they're ignoring the danger part. And as they go further, it says private property, do not enter. Danger, do not enter. Jesus was the one that continued to walk, seeing the danger, do not enter. He continued to enter because he knew his destiny. He knew what he had to do. He knew what was prophesied about him, and he knew that he had to be where he needed to be because it was the love for us that took him there. Today is Good Friday. A lot of people say, what well, good it was our Lord and Savior was crucified. Yes. But all things work for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. This is Good Friday. Although our Lord and Savior was crucified that day, it was because of the love that he had for you and me that placed him there. If Jesus Christ's crucifixion on the cross never happened, Humanity would be lost. Jesus Christ did it because he loved you. It was his love that held him to the cross. It wasn't three measly little nails. It was the fact that he knew what he had to do to save humanity from destruction, from implosion, from hell. You see, hell wasn't necessarily created for people. It was created for the devil and his demons. But people find their way, their way there because they reject our Savior, because they do not receive him, because they never believed in him. I invite you to open up your heart, your life, to receive our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because as while we are still breathing, our, there's still breath in our lungs, there's still a heartbeat in our bodies, that there is still a chance to receive him as our Lord and Savior. Right where you're at, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And we're just going to ask him to continue to give us hope and to give us life as long as we open up our hearts to receive him. Heavenly Father,
We come before your presence to thank you, to honor you, to worship you, Lord Jesus. We lift up your name, God, and we just want to thank you, God, for what you had done over 2,000 years ago, for that you have sent your only son to die on the cross for our sins, for something that we deserve, God. You, you took our place. Lord, we thank you because there was no way that we would be able to do it ourselves. You are righteous. You are the Lamb of God. And we honor you for that, Lord. On this Good Friday, Lord, we recognize and we honor you for what you have done. We worship you, Lord Jesus, in everything, and we thank you, God. We ask you to dismiss us from this sermon, Lord, from this live stream, but never from your heavenly presence. In your wonderful name we pray, and all those out there say, amen, amen. Join us this Sunday at 1030 for Resurrection Sunday to, to, um, to finish off our Holy Week, our Easter week. God bless you. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. I hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you did, tell a friend. And if you would like to support our ministry, you can go to our Facebook page at Impact Church San Diego, click the Learn More button, and you can donate there. Or you can text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts because it's people like you that keep this podcast going. Thank you, and God bless you.